James is uh, writing to the group of Christians. Again, they don't. At this point, there's no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's no. This is one of the early letters the church would have had, and so James is writing to a lot of these people who have been Jewish converts. He's writing to them, explaining to them what this mature Christian thing looks like. He's walked through principles of humility. He's walked through principles of speech. He's walked through ideas of. Um, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. He's, he's walked through some of these issues of not slandering. He's talked about this um, idea of doing what you know to do and not just hearing it only. He's talked about um, all of these uh, unique principles of, of your walk and your talk should match. And so last week we talked particularly about the issue of slander and playing God with other people. And this morning, James is going to look at this idea of playing God with yourself. And I have to say, out of all of the messages so far in James, I think this one is probably the one that is going to be the most challenging for all of us. Um, and so I'm going to try to put it in a, in, a, in a framework and in a way that you can remember it and that, Lord willing, God can use it um, throughout your life, not just this week, but maybe for some of you, this will kind of be a, a, a turning point. So James is going to start actually talking to business people. And um, he's going to do that in chapter 5, too. Um, but in chapter 4, at the end of chapter 4, he's going to introduce this idea. And so here's what he said. Now listen, in other words, pay attention, all right? Wake up here. Listen up. You who say... Today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city. We'll spend a year there. We'll carry on business. We'll make money. Um, James is talking to people, talking to a businessman and men and women, and he's saying, okay, let's, let, let's just talk about those of you who have this mindset regarding your life. Now, if you were to attend any kind of business seminar, if you were to go to any, read any kind of business leadership book, all of the things that James talks about here are good business principles. Um, today or tomorrow. So you have a plan for your business. You know, they got a plan. You know, This is what we're going to do today. This is what we're going to do tomorrow. We will go to this city or that city. You've got a targeted area. You know who you're trying to reach. So we're, we're going to do this city, and then we're going to do that city, and we're going to do a small deal here, and we're going to do a big deal here, and we're going to do another deal there. And he says, spend a year there. So in other words, there is a set of measurable goals. There is a set of deal to say, okay, we're going to spend a year right here, and then, you know what, and then, and then if that's successful, we'll, we'll branch out from there, or maybe we'll pick it up and move to another city if we don't do so well there. We'll carry on business, and we'll make money. We'll look at our profit margins. We'll make sure we've got a profit. We'll make sure that everything is, is going that way. He said, look, this is just good business. And James says, I want to talk to those of you who just average good businessmen. Or women. Um, He said, listen up. I've got something I want to say to you. So now, I understand some of you are business people. Some of you have your own businesses. Some of you don't. Some of you manage businesses for other people. Some of you do this. But let's just apply this to our life as well. Because this is true for a lot of us with our lives. We have a plan. We're going to do this today or tomorrow. And then we're going to go here. And then we're going to go do this. And then we're planning on doing that. So listen up and let's talk about this for a second. And notice what he goes on to say. 
Why? You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is your life? It's a mist that appears for a little while and then it's gone. He says, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. In other words, James says, here's the problem with your business plan. And put God in it. You still think you're in control and you still think you're in charge. And he says, you got to understand your life. He said, first of all, it's crazy because you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't even know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. He said, and secondly, if you are alive, even if you live a long life, that's but a miss. That's just a quick blop and it's over. And then it's going to be gone, literally. Now, this idea of mist, you know, what you have to understand is in Palestine, in the area this is written, what would happen is in the morning with the dew, the cold nights and the hot days, what would happen is there would be like a a mist, a a dew, a fog in the morning, and then as soon as the sun came out, it was burned off. Um, We... uh, I come to church fairly early. I'm usually here by 7 on Sunday morning. And I come over the hill from my place. And uh, the hill up there um, at the cattle yard, then as you start to go down into it, a lot of times what will happen is you look out and the whole climbing hill is just all, all this fog. And I remember one, one time my wife and I, we were heading out of town for something. And normally she goes to work the other way, so she doesn't see that. And so we came over it, and she's like, oh, i got to go get a picture of that. I stopped to turn around, go back up to the hill, turn back around. It was gone. Why? It's just there for a short time. That's what he's saying. He's saying, look, he said, you need to understand this. It goes quick. So. James goes on and he says, you need to say, if it's the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. In other words, you better figure God into your plans. And then he goes on um, and he says, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. James says, you're going around thinking that you're in control, that you're in charge, that you have this all figured out. And he says, that, that's Satan thinking. That's evil thinking because you know what? You're not in charge and everything that you have is a gift from God. The, the fact that you get to take a breath is a blessing from God. The fact that you sit here and your heart beats is a blessing from God. You're not in charge. He's not against, let me, let me give a quick preference here. He's not against do, being a good businessman and planning. He's against being a businessman or woman who doesn't put God into the picture. That's the issue here. Notice what he says. If you know the good that you ought to do and you don't do it, it's sin. James says, look, if you want to be a mature Christian, then you need to put God back into the picture And you need to make sure God is a part of your life and your future and your plans and all of that. Because if you don't do that, as a believer, it's sin. That's how he ends chapter 4. Now, I really want to make this 
memorable for you today. So you're going to have to bear with me. Um, some of you were after last week. Um, poor Lael. Um, <laughs> so I'm not using a person this week as an illustration. All right. Um, you know, I caused Lael a lot of grief this week. Um, he's already collect. He's already been given two Barbies. Um, and I think it's just starting as we head into Christmas. Or yeah. So anyway. I want to talk to you for a minute. I want to try to put a lot of this in perspective for you. So I'm going to use chairs, right? Um, and I'm going to use chairs to try to illustrate um, a lot of, of what I'm talking about. Because I, I think sometimes as Christians, and particularly as Americans, um, we don't, we, we lose, i got to remember how to do this. Um, we lose track of this, okay, sometimes. So let me talk to you about the world... Um, as it sits right now, okay? <clears throat> if you were to look at world statistics right now, and you were, to, you were to look at the world as a whole, 60, we're going to let each one of these chairs represent 10%, okay? 60% of the world as it exists right now is Asian. So this would represent the world as it sits right now. 10%, so we're going to add another 10% here, are South American, okay? Um, 9%, I gotta get, I gotta, I'm going to have to keep going back to the, I'm sorry, 9% are South American. 11% are European, Okay. How many chairs I got? Two, four. Yeah, it's going to come out, I think. All right. Um, so now we have Africa, which 15% of the world is Africa. is North America. We, in a worldview, as the world sits right now, are this little 5% right here. That's it. What's crazy, most of them want to be here. That's why we have the immigration problem we have This is the world as it sits right now. Now, one, two, three. Half of the world lives in the country, and half of the world lives in the city. It's about 50 50. When we talk about mobile phones, Seventy-five percent of the world has a mobile phone. Are you ready for this? Only thirty percent of the world has internet access. Seventy percent of the world knows nothing about surfing on the web, that kind of thing that you and I get to do. Siri, Google, no. Alexa. 
This is the world um, as it sits for us right now. One point, um, 10, 17% of the world is illiterate. They can't read. 7% of the world, 7% now, okay? 7% of the world has clean water. They have um, adequate food. They have a cell phone, internet access, and, the, and have gone to at least something past a high school-type education. 7%. That's it. The other 93% of the world doesn't have the things that this 0.7% most of us in here have. That's what God's done for you so far. You could have very easily been in any one of those other chairs. But God, in his mercy, in his grace, in his love, in his compassion, has given you those things. Um, Religiously, about 33% of the world is Christian. And when we say Christian, you need to understand we're using that really like broad brush kind of thing. Okay? Um. 20, again, I got so many numbers. I got to get them all right. 22% of the world is Muslim. Uh, I'm going to get Hindu and I'm going to get Hindu and Buddhist. One point, or 14, 14% of the world is Hindu. 7% of the world is Muslim. Everybody else falls into other categories. So now you sit in a very, very small group sitting over here as a Christian in America with most of the things that 93% of the world doesn't have access to. That's how good God has been to you in this thing that we call life. So let's talk about life, and let's make sure we understand where we are this morning. Listen to Psalm 90 and verse 10. Our days may come to 70 years, or 80, if our strength endures. The King James says three score and ten. If our strength endures... And the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Remember the old hymn, we fly away, um, I'll fly away. It's actually based in song, believe it or not. So let's talk about this thing that we call life. Um, and now, this is going to be a... So we're going to talk about this thing that we know of that we refer to as, by the way, I, these are all old chairs that um, we let people borrow, so I spray painted them. So Ryan is not in any risk of losing his job. 
Um, so let's try to get, I'm going to try to get them all in line here. Um, so let's understand this, this uh, life thing as uh, Psalm chapter 90 and verse 10 says. And I know I should have done these like 20 to 20, but that, that really messes with you on the computer. Um, that really, really, really messes with you on the computer. Good. Three score and ten. Okay. Three score and ten. Got that? Let's go back to our world statistic thing so we understand something. The Bible says, here it is. Life. This is life. You're 70 years. So let's assume, just on Psalms, God gives you 70 years on this planet. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. The reason I have striped chairs is to help you understand. Statistically, when 100 people are born, 26% of them will never live to see 15 years old. 26% of the people born in this world die between the ages of 0 and 14. Between 15 and 65, 66% of those people die. So if you make it to 65... Here's what you need to understand this morning. Only 8% of the world lives to sit in this chair at the age 65. 8%. 92% never get to this chair. And for some of you sitting here this morning, Not only have you made it to this chair, but God has allowed you to sit in this chair. And there are a few of you. There are a few of you that God said, you know what? I'm not done with you yet. I am going to give you the privilege of being in this chair. Now here's my question to you this morning. Why did God allow you to make it past the first chair? Did he do it so you could sit here and say, all right, What do I want out of my life? How am I going to get my retirement to where I want it? How am I going to get my business to where I want it? How am I going to plan my life? Are you sitting in this chair or this chair or that chair or that chair, and you're making all kinds of plans, but God's not in any of them? Are you like that businessman that he's talking about where God? you haven't put God in the equation? Oh, yeah, 
I want to raise a family. Where's God in it? Oh, yeah, I want to buy more farmland. Where's God in it? Oh, yeah, I want to make this title in my office or in my business. Where's God in it? James says, look, don't make that mistake. Because life, and this is what James is saying, life, that's it. It's a mist. It is gone before you know it. Because you see, me, <clears throat> turned 61 in August. Here's my chair. Look, you don't have to be a smart math person to figure it out. There ain't many chairs left. <laughs> and I'm looking at it going, what about all of it? I'm sitting here. And the question is this. What impact are you going to make for the kingdom of God? Because you're not here for you. And this is what James is asking. He's saying, look, you ought to say, if the Lord gives me another time, then this is what I'm going to do. If the Lord allows me another, if the Lord lets me get to this chair, this is my plan. And here's how God figures into it. But so many of us forget God and we make all these plans. We've taken care of retirement. We've taken care of disability. We've taken care of Social Security. We've got all of these investments. We've got all of this plan. And here's my question. For what? Why? So you can die with the most... Land or farm equipment or title or whatever else? Is that why you're doing it? Because God has been so gracious to us to allow us, first of all, to get past the 26% that never made it past 14. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? And I'm challenged with this idea. This is what James is asking. He's saying, look, in this thing, this brief thing that we call life, that is like a mist, what are you doing for the kingdom that is going to impact your short mist time here? And wherever you are, in whatever chair you're sitting in today, What's your plan for the future with God in mind? How is God going to use you? How is God, how is what you, decisions you make going to impact the kingdom of God? That's what James is asking. You ought to sit here and say, you know what, if the Lord will, this is what I want to do. If the Lord lets me, then this is what I'm going to do. If the Lord does this, then this is what I'm going to do. If the Lord allows you to get to this chair, or if the Lord allows you to move from this chair to this chair, what are you going to do about it? How is it going to make a difference? And I think that's the challenge of this passage. The challenge of this passage is to ask yourself, what impact are you going to make? How is the kingdom of God going to be different because you are allowed to sit in one of these chairs? How's it different? What difference is it going to make? Or is your entire time here 
all about you and your family and your plans and your business and whatever else. Is that why you think God let you be here? Is that why God saved you? So you can spend it all on you or me? Is that why he put you here? Because, I mean, think about it for a minute. <clears throat> if it was just about heaven, then we get saved and we die and go to heaven right away. No, no, he leaves us here. He leaves us here to make an impact on the kingdom of God. And I want to challenge you to really step back and this week, as you look at all that you have to be grateful for, to then stop and ask yourself, what difference is it going to make when you're no longer here? What difference is it going to make because you are here? And here's the thing. Here's how messed up we are as, as Americans. We get to here and we retire. And we sit here and we get mad at God. Because retirement isn't what I thought it was going to be. Well, the economy went south. My stuff hasn't turned off like it's supposed to turn out. So you know what? i got to go back to work, and I just don't think it's fair that as long as I... Stop! 92% of the world will never have your problems. And you're going to sit there and gripe and complain because, well, I went to the doctor, and he didn't fix me right away. Well, you don't understand. I had all these plans to travel and everything else, and then my health got so bad I couldn't be able to travel. It's just not fair, Pastor. Tell me how unfair it is, will you? You're in 5% of the world that would love to live where you live. You're sitting in a situation where you've outlived 92% of the world, and you want to sit here and tell me how hard your life is? Really? Really? And God in heaven is going, oh, you know what? I just want to bless you more. Come on, people. And this is where we are as Americans. We're going to celebrate, and again, I'm guilty of this as well. I'm preaching the choir here. We're going to celebrate Thanksgiving and all that we have, and then on Black Friday, we're going to go out and try to get more. Because what we have is not enough. We want more. Really? And it's all about us. You know? Nobody's sitting here going, oh, Black Friday, I get to give more to somebody else. Really? Is this making sense? I'm not saying you like it. I don't like it. Believe me, I had to paint these chairs this week thinking about this thing. (laughs) But this is reality. This is the reality. And what James is saying is, listen, nothing wrong with being a good businessman. Be a great businessman or woman. But you're in business for the kingdom of God. Not for you. I met this week a friend of mine. um, uh, We've been friends for 35 plus years. You know, I kind of like preaching like this. This is kind of nice. So... (laughs) Let me end up putting chairs up here more often. But anyway, um, so I met with a friend this week, and he raises money for nonprofits. Not necessarily Christians, although a lot of them are Christian, but he raises money for nonprofits all over the country. 
So he's telling me a story about one of the situations that he ran up against. He said, there's a, there is a company that's in a big city. He said, they have a whole chain of barbecue restaurant. And he said, uh, every year they had a ministry. It's a Christian businessman. They had a ministry um, that they were very passionate about in their city. He said, so every year they came to the ministry and they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to host a golf tournament. We're going to feed everybody our barbecue. We're going to pay all the fees for the golf course and everything else. And then whatever money we raise can go to your ministry. And he says, so they had done this for a number of years and then COVID hit. He said, so the ministry kind of sat back and said, well, we're just not probably going to get anything from them because we can't meet and have the golf tournament. Where they are. And the owner called him up and sat down with him and he said, I, you know, we can't do the golf tournament thing because of COVID. So let me tell you what we're doing. Because of COVID and everything, he said, we had to renegotiate a number of our contracts for different things. He said, so here's what we did. He said, we put into every contract that we signed a clause that says X amount of the sale of anything we buy from you goes to this ministry. He said, so, like an example, he said, so every case of meat we buy, 30 cents goes to the ministry. He said, we renegotiate all the paper products, so all the napkins that we buy, X percent automatically goes to uh, the ministry. And he said, so basically, even though we can't do the golf tournament, you need to know, based on our expectations, you're actually probably going to end up getting as much or more money. And this is an ongoing thing. He said, this is, this is how we're going to do business from this point on. We're going to make a kingdom difference. Why? He could have very easily, like most businesses, put that into their profit margins to make more profit, to quote-unquote give it away. But now, think about this for a second. Every person he's talking to and doing business with understands that they are passionate now about this ministry. This is far more than just writing one check from the business and going, hey, we'll cover it so you don't have to worry about it. No, no, no. This is about having an opportunity with every single vendor to say, our business is kingdom-linked. Our business is about the kingdom. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about wherever you're sitting. You're sitting here going, well, we want a family and we want to, we want to raise our kids. We want to raise our kids and da-da-da-da-da. Okay, so here's a question. What are you doing with your kids that's kingdom-oriented? Well, you know, I got them involved in sports because I wanted to be able to get a, a, you know, a scholarship in order to be able to pay for college. It's great that you got a plan. What about the kingdom? And, and again, I'm preaching a choir because you're here this morning with your kids, so, duh. Which is great, but the idea is, so what do you do? So, as a grandparent, what do you do? You know, we took our grandkids this week, we packed Operation Christmas Child Boxes. Why? Because I want my grandkids to know something about the kingdom. What do their moms and dads do? They packed Operation Christmas Child Boxes for them. Why? Because my role is to have an impact on the kingdom. Here's the thing. Those of you who are grandparents, how are you impacting your kids, your grandkids, for a kingdom? Where's your kingdom impact? 
How is it that you're sharing those things with them? This is what James is talking about. If you're sitting there with all of these great plans, but God's not in your plan, then you need to rethink what you're doing because your life is a mist. It's going to be over in a heartbeat. As I put these chairs up, some of you are going, by the way, we have people in this church that are actually in that chair. I can't imagine. I can't imagine those of you who are sitting in this chair. Because I know how I feel sitting at that chair at 61. And again, (laughs) we're a bunch of whiners. Oh, it's so hard to get up now. I don't have the energy that I used to have. This is what I'm saying. I don't know what you say. This is what I'm saying. (laughs) Wow, 90% of the world never has that problem. 92% of the world. You think any of those people would trade places with me? They're heartbeats. Am I making my point? I'm not saying we any of us like it. But look, let's be real here. The Bible says that as a Christian, when I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I am going to stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ. Not the great white throne judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. And I'm going to give an account for everything I did while I was here. God's going to take a look at me and say, you know what? I allowed you to be in this chair or that chair or that chair or that chair or that chair. I allowed you to be there. What would you do with that time? Let's look at how you used your time. Did you invest your time for the kingdom or for you? Let's look at your money. Was more of your money spent on you or the kingdom? How'd you invest your time? You're going, oh, there you are, preacher, talk about money. We are in the best financial shape we've ever been in. So this isn't about, if you don't want to give it, to us, give it to somebody else. I don't care where you give. Give it away. Make it about something other than you. How did you invest your money? How did you invest your talents, your gifts, your resources, the things that I gave you, your ability to do certain things? How would you do it? What did you do with it? Every one of us is going to give an account. Our time, our talents, our gifts, our resources. James is saying, look, because it goes so fast. And those of you who are like me, where there are a lot more chairs behind me than in front of me, you know how valuable this is. And my question for you is this. What difference? Because God has been so good to let us sit here. And in some cases, God has said, here's another chair. You really think he did that so we could spend it on us? He has so much in mind for us to make a difference. And he's hoping that we will make a difference. But he lets us make the call. So as we wrap this up, here's my challenge for you this morning. That as Christians, 
we understand we are placed on this earth for a very, very short time. God has saved us and given us resources to make an impact on his kingdom. It's up to us to use our time, our talents, our money for him and not us. So let's make the most of the numerous blessings and opportunities we've been given. We've been given much. That means God requires more from us. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Lord, we're in a system that we all get sucked into that makes everything about us. We get so comfortable and so dependent that often we forget that, Lord, Everything we have, everything we are able to do is just simply a gift from you. So may we live accordingly and may we allow you to use us to make a difference in your kingdom. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Let's